Uh, I want to go, uh, our scripture reference, I want to go to 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, amen. Uh, I want to thought out of the fifth chapter, um, and we're going to uh, read, let's just read, we'll read all of this, 2 Corinthians, the fifth chapter, verses 1 says, For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God, a house not made with hands, it's eternal in the heavens. For in this we groan, earnestly desiring to be clothed upon with the house which is from heaven. If so be that being clothed, we shall not be found naked. For we that are in this tabernacle, we do groan, being burdened, not for that that we would be unclothed, but clothed upon, that mortality might be swallowed up of life, now he that hath wrought us for the selfsame thing is God, who also hath given unto us the earnest of the Spirit. Amen. In other words, God is saying you got your down payment. Those that have been filled with his Spirit, filled with the Holy Ghost, amen, that's just a down payment, amen, of the promises uh, that he has promised to each and every one of us. He said, if you suffer with me, you will reign with me. Amen. And each and every one of us, when we can think about uh, that euphoria that came over you uh, when God filled you uh, with the Holy Ghost. Amen. That indescribable feeling when you began to speak in other tongues. That's just a down payment. Somebody said, when I see Jesus, my God, all of our pain, all of our suffering, all of the things that we have to deal with down here, it'll all be over. Amen. When I see Jesus, amen. So each and every one of us, we know the devil wants to sift us as we. Amen. But we have a captain. His name is Jesus. That is going to safely navigate us through every toil and snare of our life. Amen. Because that's the kind of God he is. All right. On tonight, we want to continue in Revelation. We want to continue in the book of Revelation. Amen. I feel that this is a timely, uh, a timely message uh, for tonight. Amen. For this particular season that we're going through, because we know that the Lord is soon to come. Amen. And it's so good uh, to understand and know who Jesus is in times like these. Amen. In times like these, it's good to know who Jesus is. Amen. And certainly that is what the book of Revelation is about. It's revealing unto us and unto the world who Jesus is. Everybody don't know. Everybody don't know who Jesus is. So it's revealing unto us, amen, that there's only one. There's only one God. There's only one that's sitting on the throne. Amen. He's father in creation. He's the son in redemption. He's the Holy Ghost that's in us. Amen. But all of these three are one. Amen. Everybody don't know. 
Amen. So that's a re what revelation is, a revealing of who Jesus is and what is soon to come. Amen. This book here is written by the Apostle John. Amen. And it's written in apocalyptic language and has to deal with the end of mankind as we know and the world. Amen. And certainly is always good to know because um, God always uh, gives us uh, the word that we need that we can safely navigate through here. Uh, we don't have to be afraid. We don't have to be uh, worried. We don't have to have a spirit of anxiety as to we don't have no hope. We don't know what's going on. The Bible tells us plainly what's happening, what's going on. And so I think it's good as uh, sometimes uh, people have uh, lost their way that we go back to the scriptures and God can comfort us in his plan. Amen. And that he has included us from the very beginning. Beginning, uh, He hasn't forgot you. He hasn't forsaken you. He said, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come unto you. He said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'll be with you until the end. So it's so important. It's so important, saints of God, that we know who Jesus is. Amen. Who is he to us and who are we to him? Amen. And certainly when we read his word, we get a closer understanding of who he is and what's happening in the world. All right. On the last time uh, before we left now, if you have uh, missed any of these sessions, you certainly can go back on uh, Facebook. You can go on YouTube and uh, catch yourself up. Uh, we don't have to do a whole lot of uh, reviewing uh, because we do have the convenience now of having um, all of our Bible classes recorded. They're out for you, out there for you. Uh, you can see them at your leisure. Um, but before I get into the uh, Bible class on tonight, I do want to remind you that on uh, Tuesdays, on Tuesdays, Sister Bush is still leading us in prayer, still leading us in prayer on Tuesdays. Amen. That is from 6 to 7 p.m. Uh, call in, call in prayer. That number is 725-725-735. 9254. If somebody would um, text, type that into the comments, that would be great. Prayer line uh, is 725-735-9254 on Tuesday, 6 p.m. Amen. Sister Bush is leading us in prayer. Amen. We certainly thank God for her. Amen. We also have a prayer line set up, a prayer line that you can call at any time, any time. This is one of the church numbers that's being forwarded to one of the ministers uh, on staff at New Grace. Amen. If you hear something uh, that causes you want to be saved before it's everlasting too late. Amen. The church door is still open. We may not be meeting there, but the church door is still open. We will baptize you in Jesus' name. Amen. God will fill you with his spirit by the evidence of speaking in other tongues. Amen. You can call 734-477-2444. Uh, 
6891. 734-477-6891. All right. And on Wednesday, Wednesday at 6.30, we have our Bible class. Our Bible class will be held live here on uh, Facebook until further notice. We get a clearance uh, from uh, the governor and we get everything in place. So we want to let you know that um, when we do begin to meet, uh, it will be required of people to have your face mask uh, on. You need to wear those and uh, we're putting practices and policies in place uh, as to protect ourselves uh, from uh, disease. This is a different day and time that we're living in now. So uh, you can take that time to find you a nice stylish uh, uh, face protection. Uh, you want to do Batman, Superman. You want to do your own custom, do the Holy Ghost or whatever you want to do on it. Uh, but those are some of the precautions that we'll be taking. We already know uh, that's going to happen once uh, this economy does open back up. So uh, we want to uh, let you know of that. And then on uh, Wednesday also earlier at uh, 11 a.m. to noon, 11 a.m. to noon, prayer in place. Can't you watch with me just one hour? Prayer in place on Wednesday, 11 a.m. to noon. All right, wherever you are, you might not be able to spend that whole hour. You might be an essential worker, uh, but we want to pray in place. Amen. And we're praying for the healing of our land. Amen. That somebody might be saved. Amen. That's what it's all about. Somebody might be saved before it's everlasting too late. And then on Sundays, Sundays, of course, we will be meeting here at 10 a.m., 10 a.m. Uh, for our Christian education. We are looking to add other programming to our schedule. Uh, look forward to that. We will let you know uh, through Church Alerts if we have different times for you. All right, but uh, 10 a.m. will be Christian education. 11.15, we'll start our morning worship with prayer. We'll start our morning worship with devotion and prayer. All right. May God bless you. May God keep you is our prayer. Let's go to Revelation. We ended up in Revelation, the sixth chapter, the sixth chapter with the last. Well, no, not the last. It's the sixth, the sixth seal. We certainly know there's seven seals, seven seals to be opened here uh, and the six seals in the sixth chapter, and then the seventh seal is not opened up until the eighth chapter. So we know that um, Revelation from one to six were written chronologically, but when after you get past six, then you have to start jumping around and finding out uh, as things unfold uh, what order. And that's um, what we are attempting to do is to put everything in order. All right, as a, a brief uh, wrap up, we had Revelation 6, uh, verses 12 through 17. It says, and I beheld when I he had opened up the sixth seal, and lo, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black as sackcloth of hair, 
and the moon became as blood, and the stars of heaven fell unto the earth, even as a fig tree cast her untimely fruit when she is shaken of a mighty wind. And the heaven departed as a scroll when it rolled together. Look at that. The heaven is going to open up and every mountain and island were moved out of their place. My God, the Bahamas is not going to be where the Bahamas are anymore. Amen. The Cayman Islands are not going to be where they were before. Everything is going to be moved out of their place. And the kings of this earth, look at that, y'all. And the great men and the rich men and the chief captains and the mighty men and every bondman and every free man hid themselves in the dens and in the rocks of the mountains and said to the mountains and rocks, fall on us and hide us from the face of him that sitteth on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb, from the great day of his wrath, for the great day of his wrath is come, who shall be able to stand? Amen. Certainly, we know this is the opening of the sixth seal. Amen. And this is going to be the end of the first half of the tribulation. The tribulation period is going to be for seven years. Amen. And our first, first through six seals take place in that first three and a half years of the tribulation period. Amen. But I want you to know uh, when they said, um, have the rocks fall on us and hide us from the face of him. Revelation, who he is, only one. There's only one throne. There's only one sitting on the throne. Amen. And then we have the Lamb. Amen. From the wrath of the Lamb. Uh, sounds like somebody different, but it's, it's that same one that's sitting on the throne is the Lamb of God. We talked about that jasper and sardine stone. You all remember that? Jasper and sardine stone, that, that, that translucent stone. Uh, that when you look at it, you, every time uh, you look at it, the light reflects a little bit different. But you're looking at the same thing. I see the Father. I see the Son of God. Oh, there goes the Comforter. My God, look at that. That's the bright morning star. Amen. That Jasper and sardine stone, all parts of the Godhead. They're all in him that sits on the one throne. Amen. And certainly we know that the stage is being set for the battle of Armageddon. Not yet. Amen. But this is going to be a shaking of the whole earth. Now, um, living in the Midwest, a lot of us, we have experienced uh, earthquakes, minor shakes. We haven't had anything major. And usually we find out, well, it was in California or it was in Arizona uh, that the earth, the epicenter of the earthquake. But this is going to be an earthquake that shakes the whole earth. We've never seen anything like this before. My God, we've never experienced anything like this before. How do you know, Pastor? Well, the first four seals 
a portion of the church, you all remember the four beasts, that is a portion of the church, they said, come and see. But in the fifth seal, we've never seen no uh, souls crying from up under the altars. Uh, and in the sixth seal, we've never had a universal uh, earthquake. This is not going to be just California or somewhere in Alaska. The whole earth is going to shake. Amen. And uh, the Bible said that the stars fell. Uh, earth's ability to uh, give its light is going to be diminished. Uh, I talked about how when 9-11, uh, uh, when those towers went down, um, there was so much pollution in the air that it was dark and people were, you know, covering their face and people were covered with soot and everything. That was just the twin towers coming down. Imagine when God shakes the whole earth. My God. Such a time as never has been before and never will be again. Amen. And certainly we know uh, even when uh, those Roman soldiers, when they crucified Jesus, you know, and crucifixion was a horrible uh, punishment. It was a horrible death. Uh, and when they crucified Jesus and he gave up the ghost and the sun refused to shine and the rocks rent into that Roman soldier said, you know what? We don't crucify a whole lot of people. Uh, but I ain't never seen this happen before. Uh, it was dark at noonday. Uh, he says, surely this was the son of God. We done done it now. It's too late now. Uh, but what's done is done. Amen. And certainly uh, those are going to be the great events that's going to happen. That we're going to see happen. Uh, as God unfolds his plan uh, for what's going to happen after the church is taken out. And you will hear me say this um, a number of times. The church, the church is not going to go through the tribulation period. Uh, wherefore we labor that whether present or absent, we might be accepted of him. Amen. Uh, the songwriter said, oh, I want to see I want to look upon his face. Amen. There to sing forever of his what? Saving grace. Everybody's going to see him, but not everybody's going to see him in peace. Amen. So we're living this life now that whether alive or asleep, that we will see his face in peace. They told the rocks to fall on us, hide on us, hide our, us from him that sitteth upon the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. Again, only one that sits on the throne. And certainly, when we open up the seventh seal, that is the last three and a half years of the tribulation, amen, and the that is called the great day of the Lord's wrath. God is going to pour out his wrath uh, for the evil, uh, that men have committed uh, and on this earth, amen, and the, it says, who shall be able to stand? Uh, but the end is not yet. The end is not yet, amen. So we have uh, Revelation 7, 11, 12, 
all deal with the first three and a half years of the tribulation period. Revelation 8 opens up that seventh seal. All right, and that's the beginning of the last three and a half years of the tribulation period. We have gone through six seals. We have one more seal to go in, um, uh, in this, before we get to chapter eight, we got seven trumpets, seven vials, seven voices of thunder, seven plagues, three wolves. John said, I saw an angel flying. And he said, whoa, whoa, whoa. All right, so we got the three woes that we got to go through. And all of these are the judgments of God being poured out on this earth and those that inhabit the earth. Amen. All right. Now, I want to go back uh, and call Joel. Joel, the second chapter. I called this verse last week, but I did not give the, the verses, and I had a question, and certainly, um, if you have questions, you can email me, uh, and I will answer. All right, I called Joel, the second chapter, where we came from on Sunday, uh, but I called verses 30 through 32. No, this is not the scripture I call, but let's go here anyway. Joel, the second chapter. This is a prophecy of Joel. It has a present, and prophecy in the Bible has a present truth. Uh, it was Apostle Peter that says, uh, I would be... Uh, Negligent, if I didn't always remind you of these things, though you be established in what? The present truth. Amen. Prophecy in the Bible has a present truth, and then it has a future truth. And this is one that I want to share with you right now in Joel, the second chapter, verse 30 and verse 32. He said, and I will show wonders in heavens and in the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke, the sun shall be turned into darkness, and the moon into blood, before the great and terrible day of the Lord is come. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be delivered. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem shall be deliverance, as the Lord hath said. And in the remnant whom he, the, whom the Lord shall call. Amen. And in the remnant whom the Lord shall call. Certainly, um, this is what we have just read. We're getting confirmation of what has just taken place in the opening of this sixth seal. Amen. He said, I'm going to show wonders in heavens and in earth. Uh, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness, the moon uh, into blood. Uh, there will be like a total eclipse, and, and this is not uh, actual blood, but a blood moon. Uh, a blood moon uh, that's going to happen. And 
uh, before the great and terrible day of the Lord has come. When is that? That's the seventh seal. All right. That's the day of the Lord's wrath. And that's what uh, Prophet Joel was talking about. Uh, the earthquake that we have just read. Amen. This is going to happen just before the day of the Lord come. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. Amen. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem shall be deliverance as the Lord hath said, and in the remnant of whom the Lord shall call. Amen. And we have read and talked about how uh, the Antichrist, uh, that man of peace that's coming in on that white horse, uh, white meaning righteousness, and the horse meaning power, and he has been given uh, the power to conquering and to conquer. And he's going to come and negotiate uh, for that land. You know, um, uh, these we always talk about world peace, world peace, world peace. Uh, but we've never been able to achieve world peace, although we've had some uh, moments of peace here in the, in the United States. But when we're talking about world peace, we're talking about what's going on in the, in the Middle East. We have never had world peace. Amen. But this uh, man, the Antichrist, the beast, who will be revealed, he's coming in as a man of peace. Uh, and, and as a matter of fact, he's going to have all the major world governments on board with him. You know, I hear people talk about, well, you know, uh, you ought to preach religion and keep politics out of it. You just missed it. I mean, because the Antichrist, he's going to have all of the, the world uh, heads, <laughs> United States, Russia, China. He's going to be ruling and heading up all of them. Uh, you know, you, you can't preach God's word or teach God's word and leave anything out because it has to, it has to do with everything. Uh, well, don't talk about the solar system. Well, we couldn't talk about, we can't talk about the blood moons if we got to leave the solar system out. You can't leave anything out of God's word because his word has to do with everything. We found out that the earth was created for God's pleasure, not mine, not yours. <laughs> we get our pleasure in him. Amen. Because in the presence of the Lord is the what? The fullness of joy. And at his right hand is what? Pleasures forevermore. So you can't teach God's words and, and uh, preach and teach the Bible and leave out politics or uh, leave out the solar system, or leave out uh, 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 what's going on, famine, pestilence, medicine. You can't leave none of it out because it has to do with everything. All right, so this man of peace, the Antichrist, he's going to come in and he's going to negotiate peace in the Middle East. He's going to get that land. They're going to rebuild the temple. Uh, many of the uh, Jews will be deceived. They will receive him as their Messiah. Amen. Uh, they will be fooled. But in the middle of that tribulation period, at the end of the three and a half years, 
um, uh, they're going to come to themselves and realize that this man is not their Messiah. Amen. Uh, he's going to uh, rebuild the temple and set himself up as God. He's going to cause the sacrifice and the oblation to cease. Oh, no, don't you uh, uh, praise God no more. I'm God. And that's when they'll open up their eyes and, re and, and, and realize that this man is not our Messiah. And that's when it's all going to break loose. All right. But we're going to get to that. We're getting to that. <clears throat> all right. So now we know. Uh, this great earthquake, this is something that the church has not experienced before because we saw none of the beasts say, come and see. This is something that uh, God revealed unto John. And he's seeing now for the first time uh, what we'll see uh, when we're in heaven uh, with the Lord. All right. <clears throat> this is a universal earthquake. It's going to shake the whole earth. Um, and the Bible says, and whosoever call upon the name of the Lord. Amen. We certainly know um, when that seventh seal is open, the Bible says, who shall be able to stand? That's when five, six of the earth's population is going to die. Five, six of the earth's population will be perished. Nobody will be saved. God will have sealed everyone. Uh, before that last uh, seal, that seventh seal is open, because when the seventh seal is open, God is going to just be pouring out his wrath. And there's so much that men are doing today that God is going to repay. And we're going to we're going to go to that, too. All right. <clears throat> now I want to go to Amos. Amos. The eighth chapter. And we want verses 4 through 8. I cannot believe time gets away so fast. All right? <clears throat> and this is what we're going through right now. <clears throat> we have a lot of politics going on as to um, how we're going to open back up uh, this economy. And why should we open back up this economy? Uh, because... Many areas have not seen their peak of this uh, coronavirus outbreak. Uh, but there are some individuals, they want to open up this economy at all costs. Look what it says here. Now, this is a, a present truth and a future truth. Um, prophecy of Amos here. Amos, the eighth chapter, verses four through eight. He said, hear this. O ye that swallow up the needy, even to make the poor of the land to fail, saying, When will the new moon be gone, that we may sell corn, and the Sabbath, that we may set forth wheat, making the ephah small and the shekel great, and falsifying the balances by deceit? Why? That we may buy the poor for silver and the needy for a pair of shoes, yea, and sell the refuge of the wheat. The Lord hath sworn by the excellency of Jacob, surely 
I will never forget any of their works. Shall not the land tremble? My God, for this. And everyone mourn that dwelleth therein. And it shall rise up holy as a flood, as it shall be cast out and drowned as by the flood of Egypt. Amen. Uh, same thing. When are we going to open up this economy? When is the new moon is going to be passed in the, in the Sabbath day that we might set forth the week? We want to open back up the economy. We want to get back to selling. We want to do uh, get back to making money. All right. Uh, not that we want to do any um, honest business. Uh, it said making the ephah small. That's the portion. The ephah is the scoop that you use to uh, measure out the wheat or the barley. Make the ephah small and the shekel great. Uh, the serving size gets smaller, but yet the price increases. Anybody know anything about that? Yeah. Uh, that big old box of uh, uh, cereal is not as big as it used to be, but the price have got awful big. All right. We want to falsify the balances by deceit that we might buy the poor for silver and the needy for a pair of shoes. Yea, and sell the what? The refuse. We're going to put the wheat out there, but then we got the scrap. We want to sell the scrap of the wheat. We want to sell that too. All right. And he says, the Lord has sworn by the excellency of Jacob. God, when he couldn't swear by any other, he swore by himself. Surely I will not forget their works. Certainly God is going to repay for all of the evil that we see happening here uh, right now. Um, and uh, as I'm hearing uh, the news uh, that's going forth, so many of our Smith Packing Facility and uh, uh, Tyson Foods uh, have have workers uh, in the hundreds uh, that are um, coming down with this disease, the working conditions. They don't have no PPE, personal protection equipment. That's the gloves and the mask and the uh, shields or gowns. They're working in close conditions. So many of them are coming down with this COVID disease. They've had to shut the plants down. Uh, but uh, President Trump now has ordered that they keep those plants open. What's happening? Uh, number one, uh, we're seeing a foretaste of the famine now. Remember uh, when the Antichrist came in and he was given uh, power to use famine? We've seen a portion and we're seeing a portion of that now. What happens if our food processing plants go down and we don't have enough food to feed folk? All right. So now people start fighting over the scraps that's left. All right, but what's happening if you force now these, um, uh, most of them are immigrant workers, uh, uh, blacks, uh, Latinos, uh, Mexicans, and poor whites that are on these lines in these factories, they are afraid to go back into work. They don't have no personal protection for themselves. They're working in close quarters and now they're being forced back 
So in other words, if you call off sick, it's considered a voluntary leave. You quit. And so if you quit, you don't get no unemployment. My God. And we found out that the governor of, of Georgia, he has opened up his state, uh, but he did not open up visitation to the governor's mansion. Everything else is open, but don't come to the governor's mansion. Uh, he's protecting himself. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying the right folk are dying. The right folk are dying. And uh, they, they have no care as long as it's not them. Uh, when is the new moon going to be passed? And when can we, uh, when the Sabbath be gone? We want to open back up this economy. Amen. We want to uh, we want to set forth the wheat. We want to make the ephah small and the shekel great. We want to falsify the balances by deceit. Why? That we might buy the poor for silver uh, and the needy for a pair of shoes. Yea, and sell the refuge of wheat. You know, poor people go to uh, work when they're sick anyway. We all know that. We all know that. Now they're forced to choose between a safe working environment, uh, uh, life, basically life, and, and a job. Well, if I don't have a job, I don't have no in income, uh, what am I going to do then? Uh, if I do go into work, I might get sick and die. But this is a, a prophecy that has a present truth, a, a, a present truth, though you be established in the present truth. This is going on right now. And as I say, just a foretaste, the mystery of iniquity doth already work. And only he that letteth will let. Amen. And certainly when God takes his church out, he snatches his hand back. And what we are getting a foretaste of right now will be in full effect. So this is for um, the person that wanted to know Amos, what, what uh, verses did I call? It was Amos uh, 4 through 8. And certainly we had the mayor of Los Angeles. The mayor of Los Angeles, she wants to open up the strip, gambling, and uh, everything that goes on, everything that happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Um, and she says, we're willing to be a test group. In other words, guinea pigs. <laughs> My God. And I heard one other contributor on the news say, you know, there's something more important than living. And that is getting this economy started. There's something more important than living. And, you know, originally they were saying that um, uh, our old folk ought to be willing to sacrifice. I don't know if you all listening to this news and y'all hearing what I'm hearing. You know, the old folk ought to be willing to sacrifice that their kids and their grandkids uh, might be uh, better off. Are you kidding me? So they have to die <laughs> so we can start up this economy? Somebody has to die? Well, that's exactly what's going on. 
That's exactly what's going on right now. Amen. And God said, listen, I swear by the excellency of Jacob, I will not forget any one of their deeds. Don't you worry. Don't you worry. God will repay. Amen. He said, well, um, shall not the land tremble for this? Come on, somebody. The whole earth is going to suffer as a result of this. And everyone mourn that dwelleth therein. Yes, we're going through it right now. My God, and it shall rise up holy as a flood. And guess what? It's going to get continually worse. All right. I'm going to skip uh, one of my scriptures here. I have uh, 1 Corinthians. Uh, I cannot believe how fast the time is going. Um, but you all have... Uh, 1 Corinthians, the 13th chapter, verses 8 through 13. Uh, Apostle uh, Paul, he is the one that was called up into the third heaven. And this is a scripture I like to call uh, because, you know, people want to dispute with you uh, what you see in the word and everything. And, and uh, Paul said, you know, I was called up into the third heaven, whether in the body I cannot tell or out of the body I cannot tell. Uh, that's 1 Corinthians, the 13th chapter, verses 8 through 13. He says, for, we, for now we see through a glass darkly. Amen. Apostle Paul received revelation from God himself. And even when he said, I look at it, I look at it through a glass darkly. He said, for we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when he shall appear, that which is in part will be done away with. Amen. And I thank God uh, because Apostle Paul lets us know that even after receiving revelation from God, I can only see a part. Uh, God's word is so rich. It's so deep. It's so vast. You'll never be able to look at it and get everything there is to get out of it. All right. But he said, but when he shall appear, that what we know in part will be done away with. But then shall I know even as I am known. In other words, we're going to know just as much as we, he knows about us. We're going to know about him when he shall appear. Amen. Uh, but he said, charity never fails. Amen. So let's just keep loving one another. All right. Let's go to Revelation chapter 11 now. Revelation, the 11th chapter. Some things has to happen, has to take place and go to come to pass before the seventh seal. Amen. All right. Revelation 11 verses 1. Uh, through four, John is given some things that is confirmation to each and every one of us, some numbers that we have already read. And certainly uh, it brings into light some things uh, that we already know. All right. He said, and there was given me a reed like unto a rod. And the angel stood saying, rise and measure the temple of God. 
and the altar and they that worship therein. Uh, the, the glorified body, the body of Christ. But the court, which is without the temple, leave out and measure it not, for it was given unto the Gentiles. And the holy city shall they tread underfoot forty and two months. And I will give power unto my two witnesses, and they shall prophesy a thousand and two hundred and threescore days clothed in sackcloth. Amen. So John now uh, is seeing a vision, and the angel tells him to go and to measure. Uh, that reed is a measuring instrument. All right, and he's told to measure the temple of God, the altar, and they that worship therein. Amen. And certainly we know um, when we talk about the temple and they that worship therein, we're talking about the glorified body of Christ. And we have seen that number. Uh, we first saw it back in Daniel. And it was described as 10,000 times 10,000. We saw it confirmed in Revelation. What was it? It was 10,000 times 10,000. And we know that the glorified church uh, will be 100 million saints. Amen. And that represents the bride of Christ. The temple represents, and they that worship therein, represent the bride of Christ. And it's been described in the Old Testament and the New Testament as 10,000 times 10,000, which is 100 million saints. Not everybody that's going to be there, but that surely represents the, the bride of Christ. All right? Now, when we uh, talk about the study of Moses' tabernacle, you know uh, when Moses built the tabernacle, he pitched it out the camp, amen, and he called it the congregation of the people, amen, and when Moses would go into the tabernacle, the people would come to their tent and they would look, and when Moses went into the tabernacle, the the, the uh, the glory of God would hover over the place. Amen. All right. When we do a study of that tabernacle, that first room beyond the veil was called the holy place. All right. That was when that was the room that the priests went into. Amen. To tend to the things of the temple. And certainly we know there was seven uh, golden um, candlesticks in there that were never allowed to uh, go out. So they had constantly to be filled with oil, constantly maintained. And that's what the priest's job was to do. Amen. To make sure that those lamps never ran out of oil. That table of showbread, uh, there were always fresh uh, bread there. All right. And also put uh, uh, the prayers, the incense, the um, altar of incense, make sure uh, that that didn't go out. All right. So it contained in that first room, the holy place, 
It contained the seven golden candlesticks. Amen. And what is that? That's the spirit of God represented in each dispensation of the church. Not seven spirits, one spirit that exists in each dispensation of the church. We saw that in the Old Testament, did we not? In the tabernacle. We see it in the New Testament in Revelation because now it's in heaven. All right? It's in heaven around the throne of God. Amen? So we had the candlesticks that were in the holy place. Um, we had the um, table of showbread, which was two stacks, six pieces of bread, two stacks, six pieces of bread each. All right. That represents the 66 chapters in this Bible, the word of God. All right. And we had the altar of incense which represents the prayers of the saints, all right? That room, if you measure it, Moses' tabernacle measured 20 by 10, all right? And if you take 20 times 10, you have 100, and 100 times 10 is 2,000, all right? So that room was... 20 by 10, uh, 20 long, 20 wide, 20 high. All right, to get that measurement. 20 long, 10 wide, 10 high. All right, so we take the 20 by 10, that gives us 100. And then if we take the 100 uh, times 10 high, that gives us 2,000. And that represents the 2,000-year church dispensation. The 2,000-year church dispensation. All right? And certainly we know John wrote this prophecy that we're reading now about 2,000 years ago. So we know that the Lord is soon to come. But no man knows the day nor the hour, neither angel. Amen? So it would behoove us to be ready. So in the church today, in the church right now, what do we have? We have the Spirit of God. We have the Word of God and the prayers of the saints. That's all represented in the holy place of the temple. Amen. We have the Spirit of God. All right. We have the Word of God. And we have the prayers of the saints, the spirit of God represented by the seven golden candlesticks, the word of God, the table of showbread and the prayers of the saints, the altar of incense that constantly goes up before God is your all on the altar. My God. All right. So that represented the holy place that was in Moses's tabernacle. We have that now, uh, the church today, I'm going to say it again, the Spirit of God, the Word of God, and the prayers of the saints. And primarily, we are a Gentile church. Amen. He came to his own, 
and his own received him not. Now, surely we do have uh, some that are Jewish by birth uh, that are in this church, uh, but primarily we are made up of a Gentile church. What happened? God gave them a bill of divorcement. He, uh, he divorced them uh, that he might take another bride, who was that? That was us. Amen. Uh, if you look, read uh, John 10 and 16, he says, And other sheep that I have that are not of this fold, I must bring also. All right? And other sheep I have not of this, this fold, them also I must bring. Amen? So all of this is represented in the holy place of the tabernacle. Amen. We have the spirit of God, the word of God, and the prayers of the saints. All right. We have, what else do we have in Moses' tabernacle? We have the holy of holies. The holy of holies. What did that room measure? It was 10 long by 10 wide by 10 high. All of it had a 10-foot ceiling in it, 10 long, 10 wide, amen, and 10 high, amen. And we had the Ark of the Covenant and the mercy seat and the Spirit of God hovering over it constantly, day and night, all right? So if we go back to Moses' tabernacle, we measure uh, the Holy of Holies. We have 10 times 10, which is 100. And 100 times 10, which is 1,000, representing the 1,000 years of the millennial reign or the time of peace. God is going to set up a time of peace, the millennial reign. All right? Uh, Isaiah said that they shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. A nation shall not lift up sword against nation, um, neither shall they learn war anymore. There's going to be a time of peace that God is going to set up. A thousand years, which we call the millennial reign, it's going to be 1,000 years. And also the Bible lets us know that the lion will lay down with the lamb. My God, you don't see nothing like that today. Uh, we're living at a time where people... Uh, can't find peace. And as I say, this is a foretaste, but what happens when the Antichrist comes and he's given power to take peace? See, all of us right now, we experience a little bit of peace. You know, when you get off work and you go home and you uh, sit on the sofa and turn on your favorite uh, program and uh, uh, you dozing off, you, this is my time of peace. But when the Antichrist come, he's going to take every bit of peace from the earth. Uh, there will be no time or a place of peace. All right. So all that is measured in the Holy of Holies. When we go back to Moses' tabernacle, um, 10 by 10 by 10, we got that thousand years of peace. All right, we also want to talk about the time of the Gentiles. 
tread on the foot. All right. And that is represented by the time uh, that the Jews are going to be under Gentile rule. All right. When did that begin? That began with the invasion of the Babylonian uh, Empire. Uh, some people uh, date that at six, uh, 606 B.C. Uh, when Solomon's temple was destroyed. All right. Those are the time of the Gentiles that the Jews will be under Gentile rule. All right. They're going to tread underfoot. All right. The times of the Gentiles where the Jews will be under Gentile rule is started back uh, with the Babylonian Empire coming through and destroying the Solomon's Temple in 606 B.C. All right. And it will last until the first three and a half years of the tribulation is over. All right. How long did it say? Forty and two months. All right. If you take 42 and divide it by 12, you'll come up with three and a half years. 42 divided by 12. You'll come up with three and a half years will be the end of the time of the Gentiles that they will tread underfoot. All right. And certainly we know the time of Gentile rule. The total time is 2,520 years. But right now we're talking about the time of the tribulation period. It will last for three and a half years. The first half of the tribulation period. You all remember when uh, um, they said they that carried us away captive required of us a song when they were down there by the river of Chebar. Amen. Sing us one of those songs. They said, how can we in a strange land? Uh, let our tongues cleave to the uh, top of our mouths. They, they hung their hearts upon the willow. Yea, we wept when we remembered Zion. Amen. The time of the Gentiles, when the Gentiles will tread underfoot, uh, uh, the um, Jews, the Jews will be under punishment because they refuse God. Old Jerusalem, who have torn down my altars and stoned my prophets, how often would I have uh, gathered you together as a hen does her brood? But you would not. And so I'm going to leave unto you your house desolate until you say, Blessed is he that come in the name of the Lord. And that's why we are primarily a Gentile church right now. He came to his own and his own received him not. Come on, somebody. So what did he do? He turned and took himself another bride. My God, they rejected him because of unbelief, but we were grafted in because of faith. Come on, somebody. But before it's all over with, God is going to turn back to his people. He said, Israel is my son, even my firstborn. God is going to save Israel. 
but they're going, uh, they're being punished right now for rejecting him. They're looking for their Messiah. He came. They didn't recognize him. They didn't accept him. But now they're going to be fooled by the Antichrist to believe that he's their Messiah. My God. And certainly, uh, they are. Well, he turned from them. He gave them a bill of divorcement. And this is the time of the treading underfoot of the Gentiles. All right. And what did he say? I will give power unto my two witnesses. I will give power unto my two witnesses. And they shall prophesy how long? A thousand, two hundred, and threescore days clothed in sackcloth. Amen. All right, I will give power. Now, when the church is caught up, guess what? Truth goes with it. There will be no truth left when the church is raptured and taken out of the world. Amen. But he says, I'm going to give power. Amen. What does Acts uh, 1 and 8 say? And you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost is come upon you. All right. Without the Holy Ghost, there is no power. When the church is caught up, the Holy Ghost is gone with it. All right. So what is he going to do? He's going to give power to his two witnesses. Amen. And we read it in Amos, uh, those fair versions and those young men. We've said, we read that in Amos. Go back. Uh, they're going to be running from sea to sea, from north to the east. They will faint for thirst. What are they going to be looking for? They're going to be looking for truth. But the church will be snatched out. They're going to be running from sea to sea, from the north to the east. There's going to come a famine, not for bread, not for water, come on somebody, but for the word of God. They're going to be running, looking for truth. And God said he's not going to leave himself without a witness. There will be two witnesses here that will be preaching the word of God. Amen. And we thank God, God will not leave himself without a witness. Now, I'm going to ask you this question. If you were to miss the rapture, can they take your word for it? Now, they're, they're up here running that, you know, somehow we missed it. We were not right. Uh, we didn't make it in. Um, and I'm going to say this again, and I know I've said it before. I heard... Um, uh, Bishop Paddock explain it this way. Uh, what if we were to wake up and uh, the Church of God in Christ were gone? They had been raptured. Everybody in part of the Church of God in Christ was gone. All right? Uh, we'll know that they were right and we were wrong. <laughs> My God. But what? We were sincere in our hearts. We just didn't have the truth. Amen. Uh, now, people are talking about, well, is, is that going to be me? Not, not if you got the truth now. Not if you got the truth. If you have the truth, 
And this is those that hold to the doctrine, which we know to be baptism in Jesus' name and the infilling of the Holy Spirit by the evidence of speaking another tongue, without which no man shall see the Lord, and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. Those that hold to the truth, we believe that we're going to be the ones that's raptured. But there will be people here that were sincere. Amen. They were honest. They just not didn't have the truth. I believe the scripture said they were undefiled. All right. They were sincere. Um, they're going to be looking. They're going to be searching. God is not going to leave himself without a witness. So he will have two here that will be preaching the word. Amen. Letting them know that this is not your Messiah. Uh, do not take his mark. He's the beast. Amen. And if they are to believe that word and accept that word, they will have to have their heads cut off in order to be saved. My God. But God is going to give them power to preach against the Antichrist. Amen. Israel will be deceived. They're going to think that this is this is for sure. Uh, now he came once and they missed him, but now they, they, you, they're going to believe this man that is a lie. All right. But there are those that are going to be searching. He said they're going to faint for thirst. Amen. And these two witnesses are going to be preaching the gospel. And we read it already. Say, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Israel is going to turn back, or I should say God is going to turn back to Israel. And they're going to realize at the end of that three and a half years, when uh, the Antichrist set himself up in the temple as God, he's going to cause the sacrifice and the oblation to cease. All right? And there's going to be a great... Uh, uh, um, destruction that's going to take place. Come on, somebody. The desolation of abominations that uh, Daniel talked about, amen, is going to take place, and they're going to realize that this is not our God. And God is going to turn back to Israel, and Israel is going to be saved. Not all of Israel, but a remnant a remnant of Israel. Israel is my son, even my firstborn. Amen. And read that in Acts 2.19. Acts 2.19. Who shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That message is to the Jew. Come on, somebody. My God. I believe it was... Um, I can't believe or remember, I think it was if you go to um, chapter 8, that was to the Samaritans, and I think chapter 10 was to the Gentile. This message in Acts 2.19 is to the Jew. All right? To the Jew. All right. I, I want people to know and understand, uh, if you got the truth now and you don't make it in, this is not for you. You're not going to make it. And as a matter of fact, if, if you can't uh, make it through this time of, of light affliction, 
Nobody's persecuting us. Nobody's uh, telling us what we got to do and, and, and persecuting us for the cause of Christ. I know somebody, if you can't make up your mind to be saved now, what makes you think you're going to uh, get so determined you're going to have your head cut off for the cause of Christ? I don't think so. All right. Let's go down to verses four through six. These two witnesses that have been given power, let's fo focus in on them. Revelation 11, four through six. Uh, these are the two olive trees and the two candlesticks standing before the God of the earth. And if any man will hurt them, fire proceedeth out of their mouth and devoureth their enemies. And if any man hurt them, he must in the same, in, in this manner, be killed. These have power to shut heaven, uh, that uh, it rain not in the days of their prophecy, and have power over waters to turn them to blood, and to smite the earth with all plagues as often as they will. My God. Uh, the two olive trees... The two candlesticks, um, we know that the candlesticks are not allowed to go out. In the, when we saw them in the temple, they burn continually. Amen. They were attended to day by day, day and night, a day and night. But now these two have two olive trees that continually uh, supply oil. Uh, to these candlesticks, all right? So they have a continual supply of God's power and anointing, come on somebody, um, to preach the gospel of Christ, amen? And if we go to uh, Zechariah, the fourth chapter, he talked about them, These two olive trees. Zechariah. The fourth chapter. Verses one through three. And the angel that talked uh, with me came again and waked me as a man that is waked out of his sleep. And said unto me. What seest thou? Uh, Zachariah spent a whole lot of time sleeping when the angel was talking to him. I'm jealous because I'm always struggling trying to get a word from the Lord. He's talking with the angel so long he's falling asleep on him left and right. The angel said unto me, What seest thou? And I said, I have looked and behold a candlestick all of gold with a bowl upon the top of it and his seven lamps thereon, and seven pipes to the seven lamps, which are upon the top thereof, and the two olive trees by it, the two olive trees, one upon the right side of the bowl and the other on the left side thereof. Let's drop down to verse um, 11, verse 11. 
He said, Then answered I and said unto him, What are these two olive trees upon the right side of the candlestick and upon the left side thereon? And I answered again and said unto him, What be these two olive branches? He first called them olive trees. Now he says, What be these two olive branches uh, which through the two golden pipes empty the golden oil out of themselves? They're getting this continual supply of oil. And he answered me and said, Knowest thou not what these be? And I said, No, my Lord. Then saith he, These are the two anointed ones that stand by the Lord of the whole earth. These are the two anointed ones that are going to be given power to preach God's word after the church has been snatched out. Amen. Now we'll come back to this, but we find out in Romans 11 that Israel uh, was that olive tree. And we were the ones that were wild by nature and we were grafted in. Anybody glad about that? My God. And he said, if the root be holy, and we're going to go read this in its entirety uh, a little bit later. Uh, but he said, if the root be holy, then so are the branches. Amen. But these are the two, the anointed ones of God uh, that stand by the Lord of the whole earth. Who are they? We understand them to be Elijah and Moses. All right. If we go back and look uh, in verses 11, I'm sorry, chapter 11 of the two witnesses. He said, these have power to shut heaven that it rained not in the days of their prophecy. All right. Who was that? Well, that was Elijah. Who was that that had power to shut up heaven and there be no rain? That was Elijah. Uh, go to 1 Kings, the 17th chapter. 1 Kings, the 17th chapter. Verses 1 through 4. And Elijah the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, said unto Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel liveth, before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Get thee hence, and turn thee eastward, and hide thyself by the brook Cherith that is before Jordan, and it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook that I have commanded the ravens, and I have commanded the ravens to feed thee. My God, it was Elijah, the one that said there would not be no rain in his prophecy that shut up heaven. 
All right? And guess how many years that famine lasted? Three and a half years. Who was it? We go back to um, Revelation, back up to where we were, um, that have power to turn uh, water into blood and to smite the earth with all plagues as often as they will. That was Moses. All right? And we can uh, pick that up. We can find that in Exodus, the seventh chapter. And the 15th verse, and then we'll go down to the 19th verse. And the Lord said unto Moses, Pharaoh's heart is hardened. He refuses to let the people go. Drop down to verse 19. And the Lord spake unto Moses, say unto Aaron, take thy rod and stretch thine, uh, thine hand upon the waters of Egypt, upon their streams, upon their rivers, upon their ponds, and upon their pools of water, that they may become blood, and that there may be uh, blood throughout all the land of Egypt, both in the vessels of wood and in the vessels of stone. And Moses and Aaron did as the Lord commanded. And he lifted up the rod and smote the waters that were in the river, in the sight of Pharaoh and in the sight of his servants, and all the waters in the river were turned to blood and the fish that were in the river died. Uh, and this is a foretaste. We're going to see this in the tribulation period too. And the, the river stank and the Egyptians could not drink water of the river. And there was blood throughout all of the land of Egypt. And the magicians of Egypt did so with their enchantments and Pharaoh's heart was hardened. Neither did he hearken unto them, as the Lord hath said. And Pharaoh turned and went into his house. Neither did he set his heart to this also. And all the Egyptians digged around about the river for water to drink, for they could not drink the water of the river and seven days were fulfilled after the Lord had smitten the river. Amen. These are the two anointed ones. Amen. That stand be beside God before the whole earth that have been given power to teach. Amen. Uh, to preach his word after the church is gone. Uh, these are those two branches. All right, why these two uh, are going to be used? Well, um, I know one thing. I don't know if I have a whole answer to that, but I know one thing. You all remember in Matthew. Let's go to Matthew. The 17th chapter. You all remember the uh, Mount of Transfiguration? Matthew, the 17th chapter. Verses 1 through 5. It says, After six days Jesus taketh Peter, James, and John his brother, and bringeth them up unto a high mountain apart, and was transfigured before them. 
and his face did shine as the sun, and his raiment was white as the light. And behold, there appeared unto them who? Moses and Elijah talking with him. What were they talking about? When I, when I saw these two witnesses that had been given power to preach, um, it came to my mind, where have I seen these two before? It was on the Mount of Transfiguration, and here they are talking with Jesus. Then answered Peter, then said unto Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. Will thou wilt that we should uh, here take three tabernacles, one for thee, one for Moses, and one for Elijah? While he yet spake, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and behold, a voice out of the cloud which said, Thus this is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. Only one that's sitting on the throne. Amen. Only one. But these are two that's standing behind, uh, beside him before the whole earth that have been given power to preach his word. All right. You know, a lot of people say, well, you know, um, uh, we know Elijah was taken up by the whirlwind uh, and uh, Moses died, but they never found Moses' body. I know somebody. Um, and I want you all to know something. Um, Luke, the 20th chapter. The Bible says, God is not the God of the dead, but of the living. I'm on somebody. He said something very important here. Luke, the 20th chapter. You already know the story. Uh, they said there was a woman that uh, married um, a man. And I think he had about seven brothers and after the first brother died, uh, 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 the second brother married her. Uh, they didn't have no children, and uh, the first marriage didn't yield any children, and the seventh brother had her, and they had no children, and they said, now she's dead. And uh, when, um, um, uh, when we go to heaven, whose wife will she be? Uh, Jesus said, uh, listen, uh, this is, it's not going to be like that when you get to heaven. Uh, the, we're no longer going to be marrying and giving in marriage when we get to heaven. But he said something here uh, I thought was uh, compelling that I think we need to take into consideration when we consider him using both uh, Moses and Elijah. All right. He says, uh, Luke 20, 37 and 38. Now that the dead are raised, even Moses showed at the bush when he called the Lord of God, of the Lord God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. For he is not a God of the dead, but of the living and we all live unto him. My God. So God is not a God 
of the dead. He's, he's the God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. You know, a lot of times, um, even in my praying, uh, sometimes I know some things that uh, my father prayed for and I'm the recipient of. I'll call on the God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and the God of my father. <laughs> and uh, my father's not dead. He's not the God of the dead. He's the God of the living. And as a matter of fact, he said, whosoever liveth and believeth upon me shall what? Never die. And then he turned around and said, believest thou this? So it ain't no strange thing that God will take somebody from the past, raise them up uh, at that time, amen, and use them at that moment. He's not a God of the dead, but of the living, amen. And certainly we thank God for that. And I'm wondering if anybody believe that. Anybody believe that? Are you big and bad enough to tell the devil, I can't die? I'm talking about when he's trying to huff and puff and blow your house down. You get so bold and tell the devil, you know what? <laughs> I can't die. Because whosoever liveth and believeth upon me shall never die. And then turned around and asked us, do you believe this? I don't know about you. Uh, you know, I, I'm like Simon Peter. Lord, where, where else are we going to go? <laughs> My God, I, I'd, rather I'd rather take Jesus for mine. Amen. All right, let's go back here. Let's go back. Let's go back. Revelation. And we're running out of time. Revelation, the 11th chapter. We're going to go down to 7 now. 7 through 10. Uh, and when they shall have finished their testimony, the beast that ascendeth out of the bottomless pit shall make war against them. These are the two witnesses and shall overcome them and do what? Kill them. And their dead bodies shall lie in the street of the great city, which is spiritually called Sodom and Egypt where also our Lord was crucified. Where is that? That's Jerusalem. Jerusalem. But spiritually, it's known, it's spiritually, it's called Sodom. Come on, somebody. My God. Going after strange flesh. Spiritually, it's known as Sodom and Egypt. And what does Egypt represent? Idol worship. And this is why God gave them a, 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 a bill of divorcement. You know somebody? Because of their strange sexual behavior and appetites, whoredoms. You know somebody? My God. Uh, Sodom, going after strange flesh. And Egypt, idol worship. And so God gave them a spirit, a bill of divorcement, all right, where also the Lord was crucified and the people and the kindreds and uh, let me see, and they of the people and kindreds and tongues and nations shall see their dead bodies three days and a half and shall not suffer the dead bodies to be put in graves. 
And they that dwell upon the earth shall rejoice over them and make merry and shall send gifts one to another because these two prophets tormented them uh, that dwelt on the earth. My God. Isn't that something? Even preaching during that particular time uh, is not going to be popular. Truth is not going to be popular. My God, Jeremiah said, you know what? I'm not even going to speak of this thing. I thought my ministry would be popular. I thought I would be accepted. Uh, uh, Jeremiah said, I, I, I've been tricked. I've been, ba been bamboozled. Come on, somebody. My God, I'm not going to speak of this thing anymore. Amen. So these two witnesses, their message is not going to be popular because this man of peace, the Antichrist, is going to have just about the whole world on his side. He's the one that's going to come in and do what nobody else could achieve or could accomplish. He's going to have the, the answer to global warming. He's going to have the answer to fossil fuels, renewable fuels. He's going to have uh, uh, the answer to uh, uh, nuclear warfare and all of these things. Come on, somebody. And they'll finally achieve world peace. But the Bible says when they say peace, it will be sudden destruction. Amen. And so here is a man of peace. You know, supposedly when he came in on his white horse, a white representing righteousness, the horse representing power. A man of peace that had the answer to everything and will achieve world peace. But when he's discovered and Elijah and Moses are preaching, this is not your Messiah. Do not take his mark in your forehead or in your hands. If you take his mark, uh, you will seal your fate. Uh, now this man of peace is going to war against them. All right. And he's going to kill them. And they're going to let their dead bodies lie in the street three and a half days. Let me see. What does that say? And their dead bodies three days and a half. And shall not suffer their dead bodies to be put in graves. And they that dwell upon the earth shall rejoice over them and make merry and shall send gifts one to another because these two prophets tormented them that dwelt on the earth. Come on, somebody. The Bible says they are going to preach 1,203 score days. How long is that? 1,260 days. A score is... Uh, 20 years. Yes. Uh, so 1,260, three score. All right. If you divide that by 360 days in the year, that's three and a half years that these two will be preaching. I'm on somebody. Three and a half years they will be preaching until the middle of the tribulation period. 
Amen. And then the Antichrist will make war with them and he will kill the two witnesses. My God, in that place that's spiritually called Sodom, strange flesh, and Egypt, idol worship, where also the Lord was crucified. And we know that place is Jerusalem. And they of the people, the masses, saw and they rejoice. My God, they will send gifts one to another. All right, now listen, I know we're out of time. I'm going to give you one more scripture, and then we're going to end, because I, I hate to end on a bad note. Let's, let's end on a good note. Let's see what's going to happen here. Revelation 11, 11 and 12. These two witnesses uh, are going to stand up, and everybody is going to see them. Look at, look at this. Uh, Revelation 11, 11, and 12. And after three days and a half, the spirit of life from God entered into them, and they stood upon their feet, and great fear fell upon them which saw them. And they heard a great voice from heaven saying unto them, Come up hither. And they ascended up to heaven in a cloud, and their enemies beheld them. Oh my God. Uh, that's kind of like the Roman soldier, you know, after they crucified Jesus. <laughs> he said, We done done it now. My God. These two witnesses, the Antichrist is going to war against them. He's going to kill them. Uh, they're not even going to allow their bodies to be buried. Uh, it's going to cause for celebration. They're going to make merry. They're going to give gifts to one another. But after that three and a half days, we're going to hear the same thing that John heard in Revelation. I believe it was Revelation 4. Come up hither. And they're going to stand to their feet. And God is going to take them right up. Come on, somebody. Right before their eyes. My God. Now, I heard um, uh, Bishop Paddock say uh, everybody will be sitting in their living room uh, watching this on TV. I heard my uh, father say, uh, it's going to be via satellite. <laughs> These were all men of their day teaching what they knew to be truth. But look at us now. I'm sitting in my home office in Ann Arbor, Michigan. This feed can be watched, viewed all over the world. So we have what's live streaming now. I know somebody. Everybody is going to see these witnesses three and a half days. Uh, there might be people on, on scene. Uh, they're so happy. Uh, they're doing selfies with their cell phone, with the two dead witnesses laying in the street, live feed all over the world. But thank God. <laughs> Uh, thank God, because everybody now is going to see God say, come up hither. They're going to stand to their feet. 
My God, can you imagine what kind of pandemonium that that's going to bring? And you remember when, when the devil got excited, when, when Jesus was crucified, he thought it was all over with. No, no, buddy, this is just the beginning. God is going to raise them. He's going to say, come up hither. They're going to stand to their feet and they're going to ascend up into the sky, up into the heavens. Come on, somebody. My God. All right. New grace. We're out of time. We're out of time. The Bible says, and great fear fell on them that saw them. We done done it now. And if you notice in verse 13, uh, I'm going to let you go. Uh, in that same hour, there was a, another great earthquake. I'm going to show you signs in heavens and in the earth. There's another great earthquake and 10th part of the city fell. And the earthquake, there were slain men, 7,000. And the remnant were affrighted and gave glory to the God of heaven. And look at verse 14. And the second woe is past. You see what I'm talking about? This is not in order. So now we're going to have to switch and get the other things that must be completed. Uh, we can't have the second woe and we haven't had the first woe yet. So what we're going to try to do is get this in chronological order the way it actually happened so we can get a perfect understanding uh, what's going to happen. And this is how you're kind of able to do it uh, because uh, I talked about the seven seals and the seven trumps and the seven vials and the, um, uh, the seven plagues and the three woes. Uh, when you're reading through the scriptures, you can see how they uh, line up. And you can kind of piece it together. And as um, I'm always going to go back to uh, Apostle Paul that got caught up in the third heaven. He said, we, we preach and we prophesy only in part. I'm on somebody because we, even after being caught up into the third heaven, I see it through a glass darkly. Nobody uh, knows, even if they tell you, oh, I know exactly what's happening and don't pay no attention to it. We only teach and prophesy in part. And when he shall come, uh, that which is in part will be done away with. <laughs> My God, because when he comes, we'll know just as much about him as he now knows about each and every one of us. All right, New Grace. I held you a little long on tonight, but hopefully you all are enjoying Revelation. I am certainly uh, enjoying uh, Revelation. And uh, if God says the same, we will continue because uh, it seems like each week, each week, something happens. Something happens that confirms what we're reading right now. If you go back to Amos, read it. When shall the, the new moon pass and the Sabbath be gone? We want to open up this economy. And as long as it ain't me dying, as <laughs> uh, long as it ain't me, the frontline workers, the people that have to get on the bus and go to work or ride the subway to go to work or put my life on the line, let's open it up. My God. And God said, I have sworn by the excellency of Jacob, I will not forget their works. My God. So God has promised to repay. Keep on serving the Lord. Keep on walking up right before God. Amen. God is going to have the final say 
in the end. All right. All right. If there's someone here under the sound of my voice and you want to be saved, you want to be saved. And throughout my um, this Facebook uh, live presentation or even when we're offline, um, you want to be saved. You want to know more about what God is calling you to do. Call the church. 734-477-6891. 734-477-6891. Call the church. Leave your name, your number. Somebody will get back with you. Call anytime. Call anytime. Amen. Leave your message. We will certainly share with you. And if you want to be saved, if you want to be saved, we will baptize you in Jesus' name. And God will fill you with the precious gift of the Holy Spirit by the evidence of speaking in other tongues. Call, call, call. You may not be ready to be baptized right now, but call. Amen. And we want to speak with you. All right. May God bless you. May God keep you is our prayer. I love you, New Grace, and I'll see you all next time.